0: Welcome to Life Beat. I'm your host, Chris Gass, Right to Life Michigan's Director of Communication and Education. Not so socially distant for this episode of Life Beat, although I'm still flying solo. I've upgraded from my basement to my office. Uh, There's no window in my office, so that kind of stinks, but uh, it's my office, and my microphone is back, and everything in the world is good again, mostly. (laughs) So today we're going to talk about a couple things. I thought I'd uh, just kind of reflect on Memorial Day weekend, and Memorial Day coming up here. I also like to talk about uh, Planned Parenthood cheating, as if that could ever really be a news story, because they're always cheating. Uh, but first, I thought I'd talk about some good news about our petition drive. Finally, finally. So probably one of the questions that we've had the most here at the office uh, in the last over the last few months has been, what's up with the petition drive? What's happening with the petition drive? Um, so just to refresh your memory, we collected uh, almost 380,000 signatures over six months to ban, uh, dismemberment abortions in the state of Michigan. And so by collecting these signatures, uh, we want to initiate legislation into the legislature. Michigan has a unique process where you can do that and, uh, collect enough signatures. This bill goes before the legislature. If the house and the Senate vote uh, with majority votes to pass it, it becomes law without the governor's signature. So that's what we set out to do. We got almost 380,000 signatures. We needed uh, 340,047 signatures uh, for the petition to be successful. And we submitted those signatures on December 23rd, 2019. So, 2020. Uh, So when we originally made our plan for the petition drive, uh, more than a year ago at this point, Uh, we got, we went based off of past practices and usually, uh, it takes so many weeks to prepare it and get it approved. And then, uh, however long to collect it. And then so many weeks for the signatures to be checked until it goes to the legislature. And then that 40 day clock starts where the legislature has to consider it. And, uh, That's been the case for all of our many petition drives over the years. It's almost like clockwork. Well, of course, nothing was clockwork with this petition drive. Nothing at all. uh, From the very beginning straight up until after the end. So we submitted those signatures on the 23rd, just before Christmas. Uh, (laughs) We called it a Christmas present for the unborn. We had a big, giant ribbon attack attached to the stack of boxes. You can see the picture of us delivering them uh on our website rtl.org. And we thought it would be a couple of weeks and then they didn't have the staff because there was a new uh chief of the Bureau of Elections in Michigan. So like okay, and then we ran into a, a global pandemic which uh, with everything else had to happen uh along with our petition drive. And so it's been uh, gosh, it's been five months that that thing has been sitting in the Bureau of Elections with nothing going on. But finally, finally, last week we got good news that they finally, uh, they had finished counting before the, the lockdown happened, but they had to have it be, had have their building... Uh, be accessible to the public to finish checking, and they kind of ran into, um, election season and processing candidate signatures, so they couldn't delay on ours any longer. And so they set a deadline of June 1st, uh, for challenging the signatures. So this is how this process all goes and will give you a little inside information here uh, about how it works. So. Uh, From the standpoint of the law, the Bureau of Elections checks them. If there's enough, it gives it to the Board of Canvassers. The Board of Canvassers approves it, and then it goes to the legislature. That's kind of your 30,000-foot view of the process. Uh, So how it actually works is the Bureau of Elections uh, gets these signatures. They go through, and they count all of them. So... They have to go through and individually count all of the nearly 380,000 signatures that we submitted. Then they go through and take out some that they think are invalid because the petitions were damaged uh, or obviously invalid in some way. Uh, And then they, they have this amount of signatures and then they pull a sample out of them because you can't do the homework and check 380,000 signatures. It would take forever, and the whole process would break down. So they pull a sample of signatures, uh, usually 500, and that's what they did in this case. And it's, uh, it's supposed to be a random process where they just, you know, uh, through a computer system, they randomly uh, say this petition number and this line, and they compile these 500 signatures, and they check them. They check them to see, uh, is the information accurate? Is the person registered to vote? Did they sign the petition in the right county? Um, and then what they do is they determine your petition drives overall, uh, success rate based on that sample. And if you have enough, uh, so in our case, uh, just about uh, 90%, uh, then, uh, if that sample is 90% accurate, then you have enough. You probably have more than the 340,047 signatures you need. And so you're good, pretty simple. However, there is a process for other organizations to challenge these signatures. Uh, So, uh, you know, we've participated in challenges, uh, at least one challenge before when there was a petition drive to legalize assisted suicide in the state. And so we were one of the challengers in that case. Usually with our petition drives, it is uh, Planned Parenthood and the ACLU that might consider challenging it, particularly Planned Parenthood. In this case, we know Planned Parenthood has said that they're going to take a look at our signatures and see about challenging it. Uh, We haven't heard if they're going to do that yet. We'll know by June 1st. Uh, So we have about a week and a half to go. Um, What's going to happen is they're going to look at those 500 signatures and see uh, were there any duplicates. Were there any forgeries, uh, were there any other errors that they think that they can knock out our signatures? Uh, and, and in our case, so we get the copy. We also get a copy of the 500 sample and we can look through and check them ourselves. And so, um, they look pretty good. Uh, we didn't get, we in the office went through a really exhaustive, uh, effort to check these signatures this time, like way above and beyond what we usually do. And we did that because, uh, for two reasons. The first one, the biggest one is the petition law was changed, which added to the difficulty. So, uh, we're kind of uncertain how the signatures would be checked. And we wanted to make extra sure that we were extra careful. And, uh, we communicated with the Bureau of elections, you know, during the process, you know, is this signature, would this be valid? What rules are you going to use to, uh to determine the validity of these signatures so we did that we checked them all Uh, the 500 signatures the sample they pulled looks pretty good to us Uh, usually we get uh, in the high 90s uh, our previous record was 97 percent validity with our 2004 petition drive to ban partial birth abortions Uh, we're hoping that we can uh, do better than that uh, based on the the preliminary checks that we've gone through, uh, we may have achieved that, uh, but, uh, you know, going through and finding out whether these people are qualified voters uh, and actually registered to vote is always a challenge. It's not something that we can do while we're doing the petition drive, uh, but given the vast majority of Michigan citizens, uh, well over 90% are registered to vote and we have the best petition circulators out there, uh, it looks good. But uh, we'll see what Planned Parenthood comes up with. Uh, if, the, if the sample is so high, uh, looks to be above that 97%, then Planned Parenthood might just not uh, want to go through the trouble. Or maybe they do because they want to try to delay our petition drive because uh, you know uh, they don't care if it's valid or not. They just want to delay. Uh, they don't care about the rules, which we'll get to in a second. Um, we'll see. Personally, I feel pretty good about it uh, based on the samples and and what we did. It looks like we didn't miss, of the 500, we didn't miss anything uh, in the office. You know, we checked to make sure, did did they fill out every box? Did they sign it? Was their name on it? Um, You know, did they put the right date down when they actually signed it? Some people think, uh, (laughs) some people put their birth dates down uh, and things like that. And so we did a pretty good job in our office. So we're pretty confident that we're going to get above that 97% um, validity rate uh, with a preliminary look. And with the new Bureau of Elections chief, though, and a different petition drive law, it uh, it's always up in the air. But I know people have been concerned, you know, is the Bureau of Elections cheating you? Is that why they aren't checking them and all that? And, um... No, I mean, that's just part of the challenge and uh, I just want people to feel comfortable. Uh, if you participated and worked really hard to get those signatures. just want to let you know that we have the best legal team in the state for petition drives, signatures and this Bureau of Elections process. Um, we have the best team on the case. Uh, we are the most experienced organization uh, in the state working with these petition drives. And so, you know, this is an elite team here. And so don't worry about, uh, the process and whatnot. We're not just going to get, uh, we would never be railroaded, but, um, we're on it. So feel comfortable about it. And then hopefully by the time the next petition or the next, uh, episode of life beat rolls around, I will have a definitive update for you and maybe even a calendar when the legislature uh, will be considering it all right so let's move on to uh planned parenthood and and their idea of the rules so planned parenthood uh it should be no surprise if you follow pro-life issues a lot if you're really familiar with planned parenthood they do not believe the law applies to them the rules don't apply to them that's just the way it is they believe abortion is above the constitution Above laws, above the courts, the highest law in their hearts is abortion. And everything else has to fall in line. Uh, Look no further than our current Attorney General, Dana Nessel, who made a campaign promise when she was running for office that she was going to refuse to enforce any abortion ban. It doesn't matter what the state law says, what the Constitution says, what what the courts say. Dana Nessel says, I'm just going to break the law um, based on my personal beliefs on abortion. Uh, that's our attorney general. And so it should be no surprise if, if we have an actual attorney general, the top law enforcement officer of the state, willing to violate the law, making a promise, a solemn vow to do so. When it comes to abortion, it should be no surprise that Planned Parenthood is in the same boat. So why bring this up? Well, uh, Planned Parenthood, the latest example of them cheating, involves the PPP, which is a loan program for, in the midst of this coronavirus uh, through the Small Business Administration to give loans. This is to keep uh, small companies, to keep nonprofits from failing, which is a real concern in this. So the Paycheck Protection Program, PPP, are forgivable loans. And Congress set this up. In the bill, Congress specifically said, because they knew Planned Parenthood was going to try to come after the money, because if there is a pot of money somewhere, and it's anywhere within arm's reach of Planned Parenthood, they are going to get their grubby mitts on it. So they specifically excluded Planned Parenthood. And and the rules are really simple. Congress said, if you're a nonprofit organization set up with affiliates, um, like Planned Parenthood is, so in other words, if you're a billion-dollar organization, a bill, listen to this, a billion-dollar organization, you are not a small business. If you have a billion dollars in income every year, you're not a small business. If, you're, if you disagree with that, you're nuts. I'm just going to be honest. I think no one in their right mind could say that a small business has a billion dollars in revenue. That's Planned Parenthood, but because they kind of break the, uh, their organization up into affiliates, uh, then they c- can try to claim that oh well, each of these little affiliates is a small, just a small nonprofit, just a small business that just just struggling to survive out there, you know, doing their good work in their community. No, billion dollar organization. You're not a small business. So Congress specifically wrote in the Paycheck Protection Program. The legislation to put this into place, you can't do that. Planned Parenthood, illegal. You're a billion-dollar organization. No. What happened? (laughs) What happened with this? Of course, Planned Parenthood affiliates got some of these PPP loans. You know, it's funny. You think that you think the one time that you shut the door on them, the one time that you block them out, they will find a way. They It doesn't matter to them. It turns out that dozens of affiliates, Planned parent affiliates, applied for these loans, knowing that they were ineligible, and apparently 37 Planned parent affiliates received this money, including especially their affiliates in California. They knew. They knew that they were ineligible for these loans. There was a big argument uh, in the news about this because the the Nancy Pelosi was holding it up, trying to hold out to give this billion dollar organization small business loans. It didn't matter. They got it anyway. It's terrible. And so this was discovered and now a bunch of pro-life legislators are calling on the Department of Justice to investigate this obvious fraud. Uh, We know it's fraud. It's because it's not like these affiliates Kind of stumbled into it like well maybe we're maybe we are eligible we're a small business even though we're a billion dollar organization uh national organization no 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 they knew so for example uh, the letter that they wrote to uh, the department of justice these pro-life legislators i mean they lay it out it's simply like this quote most damningly planned parenthood's own political action committee planned parenthood action fund issued a statement on the cares act After the acts passage in the Senate saying the bill gives the small business administration broad discretion to exclude Planned Parenthood affiliates and other nonprofits serving people with low incomes and deny them benefits under the new small business loan program. So Planned Parenthood knew. In fact, they were raising money for their political action committee by saying we're not eligible for this. This is evil, but they applied and got the money anyway. You know, they will cheat. They will lie. They will steal. There is no low Planned Parenthood will not go to. I mean, you think about it. They're in the business of taking the lives of more than 300,000 unborn children every year. Millions of human beings have had their lives ended in Planned Parenthood abortion facilities. Why would cheating you out of your taxpayer funding, why, you know, why would cheating other small businesses out of money be above them? You know, and that's the thing, and that's the real thing, and that's even if you disagree with uh, even if you disagree with Right to Life in Michigan and me about abortion, even if you think abortion should be legal, uh, even if you're pro-choice, certainly you have to just see the hypocrisy of a program meant to keep small little like soup kitchens and small businesses from going out of business in the midst of this pandemic forever. The owner not being able to run their business, all the employees not having their jobs anymore, all the people that rely on that business or nonprofit not being able to avail themselves of the services. This program, designed for these people, was in the money meant for these people was instead sent to an or a national organization with a gigantic lobbying arm that spends tens of millions of dollars. On lobbying every year, whose income is more than a billion dollars, whose 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 profit margin is is uh, how many digits? Nine digits. They have a nine-digit profit margin. More than their last annual report, more than a hundred million dollars in income over expenses. Which technically they're a nonprofit, but you know, hey. Think about that if you <laughs> i don't care if you're a non if you if you are making a hundred million dollars more than you spend i mean that is a profit that's nuts they are swimming in cash they're like scrooge mcduck they probably have a vault in their new york office full of change that their president like swims in like scrooge mcduck they got the money but your local restaurant that you love, I mean, your lo- <laughs> the local soup kitchen went without so Planned Parenthood could have your cash. I mean, it boggles the mind. It's frustrating. Makes me angry. It, may- it should make everyone angry. Even if you're pro-choice, you should be angry. You know, um, within the abortion industry, you have like Planned Parenthood's like your big box stores, and then you have these small little independent abortion businesses. And guess what? Those little small ones, they don't like Planned Parenthood. It's the same dynamic as, uh, you know, a small little ma and pa restaurant and a, a big national franchise. And so the idea that your small little ma and pa local business uh, has to go out of business. So the, the big local, the big national franchise can get the cash from taxpayers. You know, everyone should recognize the injustice in that no matter where you are in the spectrum of your beliefs about abortion. Planned Parenthood is corporate. They are giant behemoth. They are an octopus. They have eight tentacles. They will put them in everything and everywhere. Uh, They're a monopoly almost in the abortion industry and they are just terrible people who have no compunction about committing fraud fraud with your money And they do not care what happens to the businesses that could have gotten that money instead. You know, they can call up anytime. Warren Buffett, huge donor. Bill Gates, the Rockefeller family. They can call up the richest people in the world and get cash money from them at any time. Can your local favorite restaurant do that? Can your local soup kitchen call up Warren Buffett and get a nine-digit donation? Ugh. It's terrible. Terrible. All right. Well, enough of carping about Planned Parenthood. I could sit here and do it for 24 hours a day indefinitely and still find new things about them to complain about. Uh, let's, let's shift gears a little bit. So uh, Memorial Day is coming up on Monday. And, of course, uh, Memorial Day weekend is a big thing in Michigan. Uh, if you don't already have your dock and your boat in, this is a good, great weekend to do that and take it out. Uh, it's a great weekend for grilling. The weather in Michigan is usually turned and it, it was beautiful yesterday, uh, recording this on a Thursday. It was just beautiful on Wednesday. I went out for a nice walk. Um, but that's not really the point of Memorial Day. And especially this Memorial Day, People might not be looking forward to it because they can't or they don't have the means to. It's very different. And so I thought what I would do is uh, just kind of read the message that we sent out today uh, through our weekly email. If you ever want to sign up for our weekly pro-life update email, just go to the bottom of our website, rtl.org, uh, whether you're on a phone or a desktop computer, and you can just put your email address in and sign up. Every Thursday, we send out an update. Uh, we already sent one out Monday with the good Petition Drive news. Uh, we wanted to start everyone's week off with some good news, which is very important in these times, but um, thought uh, even though we sent one out Monday, we'd do one again Thursday, and so I thought I'd just read it to you because uh, it encouraged me, uh, you know, and I think a little encouragement is really good, especially if you're listening to this on, uh, if it's Sunday, and uh, right, you know, the day before Memorial Day, or you're on your podcast on Memorial Day, uh, or maybe you're driving somewhere and you can visit your family, I uh, think you should just feel a little encouraged this weekend in the midst of all of this. So here we go. That's what we sent out in today's email. Returning to joy and thankfulness this Memorial Day weekend. So we know we already gave you our weekly update on Monday morning, featuring the good news about the petition drive we thought with Memorial Day weekend coming up, we'd use the opportunity to connect with you again. Too often, we lose sight of the reason we honor Memorial Day. Rather than visiting family, putting the boat in, or grilling out after winter has finally left us, we hope, (laughs) Memorial Day is about honoring those who died while serving in our armed forces. However, this Memorial Day is different. Instead of celebrating together, many of you will be in mourning, Mourning that it's against executive orders to see your family or friends in most of the state. Mourning a family member who survived the living hell of a distant battlefield only to succumb to this pandemic in a nursing home or because of a chronic health issue. Mourning a livelihood that's hanging by a thread or possibly gone. In the pro-life movement, we've been mourning for weeks that we can't truly do our jobs. We're mourning the first legislative day we've ever had to cancel. Some of our affiliate members and volunteers in Midland and Saginaw have gone from worrying about how to conduct interviews for the August primary election candidates to worrying if they'll have a home left after the floods. All of us worry about the many tasks left to do this year before a pivotal November election. Spirits may be at an all-time low for many of us. However, we are pro-life, and that means some important things. Now, we disagree with our critics that pro-life means we must support a range of political issues even if we believe those policies hurt more than they help. Pro-life means we believe the unborn have human value, and the disabled, the sick, and the elderly approaching the end of life. It means we can't purposefully take their lives. Pro-life means we agree every human life has value and purpose no matter what the circumstance. We must remember why we are pro-life. We should always return to being joyful and thankful no matter the circumstances. Every day of our lives is a gift, precious and irreplaceable. So, stop for just a second and take a deep breath and think about that. (sighs) Helpful if you're reading on a podcast. This Memorial Day, we should take heart from the example of those who have served our country. Since 1775, more than 650,000 Americans have died in combat. Many more than that have died in accidents, from disease, and the innumerable other risks that go with fighting a war or training for one. They believed our inalienable rights were sacred enough that they had a duty to sacrifice their own lives. Sadly, our right to life is not currently respected in many legislatures, courts, or governor's mansions. Since 1973, nearly 60 million unborn children have had their lives taken from them so that others could enjoy an imaginary right to convenience, or to avoid a sacrifice, or to avoid the fear of mourning a lost livelihood, or because someone with no respect for life dragged their mothers into the clinic and our government officials don't care enough to stop it. To be a pro-life person means we could be in mourning for the thousands of lives lost to abortion every day. But what good does that accomplish? There is a time for mourning, but also a time for dancing. Getting up and moving with joy and purpose. That's what dancing is. President Abraham Lincoln was a person who beset by disaster and even death in his own family. In the midst of all that, he put it this way while honoring soldiers who gave their lives uh, at the battlefield in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. Quote, It is for us the living rather to be dedicated here to the unfinished work which they who fought here have thus far so nobly advanced. Unquote. So we're thinking about you, we're praying for you, And as we get closer and closer to the end of our present troubles, we look forward to gathering with you again and continuing our unfinished work. Have a blessed Memorial Day. And remember on Monday to give thanks for those who sacrificed so much so that you may live. Have a wonderful weekend. See you again in two weeks.